like a nice waltz. Waltzes are fun. They make you feel happy. And we could use some happy. I mean, it's been an interesting week. I don't know if, uh, certainly not real happy about the Lou City result. We're going to talk about that. Then we had, a, I guess, a pretty good draw. You know, I guess it was pretty good. I'm still trying to process it. I'm, yeah, I guess it was okay. And then... Ah, the national team, the men's national team, the men's national team. (laughs) Ah, just trying to play some uplifting music. And of course, we didn't even talk about it yet. Hey, we got a new coach. (laughs) Just nothing but drama, drama, drama. Not just with uh, coaches, but with... uh, all the stuff going on around the uh, local area with with soccer and, and the national team. And gosh, just so weird. Anyway, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Joseph Valla. I am the host of the Center Forward podcast. Podcast dedicates not just Louisville soccer, Louisville City and racing Louisville, but also our national teams, men's and women's, and we'll get some local stuff going on when we're ready to do that. Uh, we will have Ken Luther and Joey Cecil on again today. Uh, and man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really not sure how to feel about this stuff. I mean, granted, a draw in the uh, in the racing match, I guess, was a pretty good thing, even though we gave up one late uh, or later uh, for that draw. Obviously, we know how to feel about the men's uh deal. And then we have the men's national team uh, with two draws in their first two matches. Anyway, we're going to try and process all of this somehow in some sort of, uh, in some sort of way. I'm <laughs> not sure how. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to it. Okay, let's get going here. Little five things. Man, weird week, right? <laughs> oh, not, not a terrible amount of positives, but anyway, we will do our best. Here we go. Number five. Excuse me, I'm watching cartoons here. I mean, do you all remember Saturday morning cartoons? Well, good thing that's not a thing anymore. Because apparently NWSO is playing their final locally at 9 a.m. <laughs> what is that? Look, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate with Ken. There may be a couple of angles here that I guess they don't have much of a choice. But the longer this goes on, the more questions I have about how this league is run. And I'm trying not to be negative about it. It's just there's some decisions that are weird. There's another one that we'll talk about in a second. Anyway, uh, number four, be offensive, please. A strange thing to say in this day and age. Everybody's offended by everything. I don't know, man. One goal in three matches for Louisville City. Uh, That's a a, a bit of a problem. It's midseason, though. They're going to be fine. You know, I'm not terribly worried about it. I mean, you know, rough patches happen, and we get frustrated. I mean, I sure was after that match. It was a hard watch. But, man, 
we'll be behind him and, and uh, you know, missing Corbin Bone. Wow. Obviously, much more of an impact than I would have thought about in the beginning of the season. Anyway, we're going to move on now. Talking about NWSL, the saga ends. Tobin Heath has signed with, I think, Manchester United over in England, so that ends that. <laughs> Finally, another weird deal, the, the draft picks and saving them from whatever and whatever. It's just a whole lot of whatever. <laughs> I don't understand some of the stuff they do. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, number two, don't worry, nothing to see here, literally. United States men's national team. Uh, look, it's not time to panic yet. I mean, they've still got like 14 matches left, but anybody that's honest will say not exactly the best start, right? God, we'll talk about that with Joey, too. Here we go. And the last one. Welcome, Mario. Mario Sanchez is now the coach of Racing Louisville. And that's a good thing. I like Mario. Everybody does. He's such a positive guy. He's one of those guys who just stand around and just feel better. And, you know, now how does that impact his role with the academy? We will see because he's done such a, an amazing job with that. And that's really why they brought him in here, right? So um, I guess, you know, you know, the Holly saga ends. And it's now the Mario Sanchez period. And uh, well, we wish him the best of luck. And we wish racing and Louisville City and the men's national team all the luck in the world as they move on. Uh, just a very weird week when you have three draws out of four games that you're following. And, and, and one of them definitely, that second uh, men's team. Ugh. But anyway, you know what we need to do? We need to take a pause. And then start up. There you go. Oh, my God. Man, it'll get better. You know, I'm looking for the uh, the sunlight. You know, at, at the end, at the beginning of the day, the what is it called? When the sun rises. <laughs> Such a mess. <laughs> well, there it is, folks. Uh, five things. Let's get going. Joining us now to do some analysis on both Louisville City and Racing Louisville is Joey Cecil. Joey, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me again, Joe. Oh, anytime, pal. Anytime. Did you? Uh, I saw you at the. I was. I didn't go to the racing game. I saw you on TV. I heard it was a little, uh, little rainy. Yeah, and it also wasn't expected. Uh, okay. Forecast said it'd be out by six, and through all the first half, it rained, and a little bit of the second half. Ugh. So it was. It still was not as bad as the first racing game when it was not forecasted, and then just rained in sheets. Mm-hmm. So, but it was just still annoying. But um, you know, you come to expect that with Louisville soccer. Yeah, uh, we've that. never had a we've never had an overall great weather year throughout the entire year. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> Speaking of overall great experiences, okay, or not? Let's yeah. uh, what? Let's start. With uh, Friday night, uh, Louisville City and Tulsa. And uh, Ah. man, uh, I really have almost nothing to add other than I'm sorry, but I think that this was their worst performance in the new stadium. I don't, I can't remember one that was worse. Go ahead. It's, I mean, it's up there. You know, we had some, we had the rough run when we first started at the new stadium. Right. You know, with, you know, Jimmy Oxford's perfect own goal. (laughs) I mean, he, he couldn't have set that guy up any better. Right, right beautiful assist but um yeah it just felt like just a blah you know just like you said it just didn't feel like this was a game they were they they were that you know up for that much and you know we've got this now it's a full-blown rivalry with Tulsa because now they're in it um and and you know the the thing going back and re-watching highlights with it too was Parker Siegfried got dealt a raw deal on that goal. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I was going to ask you about that because we were. it was hard to tell because of where we stand with the drums. I literally didn't see the ball until it was under his arm. Yes. So, so I had no swall- idea what happened. The The highlights showed the perfect angle. Swahi was directly in front of the ball. Siegfried mm-hmm. couldn't see it. And then Swahi deflected it ah. as well. Okay. 
So Parker, he had it kind of covered, but he had no chance in reality. Okay. Because by the time he saw the ball, it was almost past him. Okay. And in these games, that's enough. That's enough to get you the three points. Right. Um, you know, it was great to see Jogo, Ownby, and Nile back in the starting 11. Yes. But we just, it's one of those games, in the past couple games, we just have not been able to get the ball in the net. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, and it's... It, and it's and the Tulsa keeper stood on his head for a few for for, mm-hmm. for most of the game. Right. And you got those kind of games going on. The one thing we're missing beyond you know as I've as I'm probably going, you know, blue in the face saying is our central midfield. Yeah. But we just don't have a poacher. Good point. Yeah. We don't have that guy. It used to be Ilya Illich. We don't have that guy yeah. who, when a game is nil nil or one nothing or one one. They just find a way to get the ball in the back of the net. It's never pretty. Mm-hmm. It won't make Sports Center, right? But it just finds it to the back of the net, right, right? And and especially when we didn't have Cam in this lineup, we looked almost a little toothless. Yeah, I, I don't know? I don't have the stats in front of me, but I I, I if I remember the, the the stats were fairly close. Yeah. Um, you know, but there was no there was at no point that I feel at no point that I feel like we were. You know, there's times you're going to sit there and go, yeah, we're on it, we're on it. We got a shot. We got a shot to get back. I never felt it. I just never felt yeah. like this was one of those games where we were going to get back into it, where things were going to flow better. Just, I don't know. I don't know about the substitutions. I just, yeah. man, it just, it was a hard watch. It really was. Yeah. And um, this was our one island in the middle of road yeah. trip C Yep. to hopefully get things back on track. And now we're going right back into another road trip with uncertain feelings and a bit of unsteadiness. Yeah. So. If I'm going to make you know one suggestion, I think it's time for Danny Cruz to try something different. Yeah. Experiment. Yeah. You know, we still have a cushion, a small, small cushion at the top of the table. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's time, maybe time to try something different to, to get the attack flowing a bit better. Yeah. Um, which, if we just rewind a month ago, this was not an issue for us. No. And this shows you how quick things change. Yeah. Um, and you know, up next we got this very odd Tuesday game yes, at Hartford. At Hartford, who's who's like been, I think they've been struggling a little bit. So it, they have, but it's just a, it's a Tuesday game. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's not a normal game week, uh, and you always wonder, you know, what what's going to happen there? Are are we up for it? Is it going to disrupt our normal rhythm? Right. Or maybe that's a good thing because our, our normal rhythm hasn't been working for us. No, it hasn't. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Just not much to report back. Just yeah, just it was it's just high. It's, I think it's time to start finding that. It's not just finding that next gear, getting back into gear. Hear that? I, I hear you. I just I wish I had something to add. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried just, watching it, it, it again. It's just one of those. I think I think we just uh, you know it's like the old Ronco cooker. Set it and forget it. This yeah. is just set it in your memory. Forget it. Let's just let's just get, it, get get it. away from it. Yeah, man. But uh, okay, so let's then let's do that. Let's just move on, and hopefully they'll give us uh, some better stuff tomorrow. Um, so anyway, uh, what was something we didn't get a chance to talk about? Because I've literally finished editing this the the, uh, the last episode about an hour before we saw it. But uh, we have a new coach with racing. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> just in a year a year where our our front office has just not had the best of years, it just gets better. Yeah, man. So. You know, it's also funny. I'm going to start off. Would you rather me start or end with levity and 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 some and some and some and some comedy? I think let's end with some levity. Okay, you know what I'm it's I, always I nice say, to end. Save, it's always nice to end it with upbeat. I will say I'll save that for then. But you know, just coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. with this announcement and 10 yeah. p.m. too. Right. Uh, and 
the only kind of hint was Eric Crawford at WDRB, mm-hmm. who claimed sources he had within the administration and, and team said that a toxic environment. Yeah, that's such a was the cause, and they did say it was for cause. Yeah, and that's that's the first thing I asked about because when they say for cause, I wasn't exactly sure. I guess he breached a contract or he did something, something. that was outside of his code of conduct or something. I, I don't yeah. know. But given but how tight-lipped these so guys far, have been. Okay. So far, Crawford's the only one that's mentioned anything. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, it's still pure speculation. And it's going to be one of those other things we'd never really know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also going to say this. If that was the case, I'll just throw this out there. Mm-hmm. Something like a toxic environment doesn't just pop up overnight. No. This no. has been in place for a little bit. I hear you. I, um, I, I don't know. I, it, when, when, you, when you hear grumblings, well, I don't know how to put this. It, how do you how do you gauge how upset players are if mm-hmm. if you're not getting any information whatsoever and you you don't really see anything horrible or you know yeah. transparently bad in their performance or in their interactions with the coach you mentioned one thing you said that him and McCaskill got into it a little bit i said i think you said at halftime uh, of one um, of these one matches. of the women's cup games yes yes that's the only that's the only thing I know. And, and of. I wouldn't even consider that something that I would say toxic. Right. It was just odd. Mm-hmm. You know, especially on the field and in front of the fans. Um, but again, that is all until you know we until if slash when slash never we hear something from the club about it. Right. It's all just pure speculation. Right. And 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 you know, one question I brought up uh, speaking to people Saturday night was. If he doesn't win that women's cup trophy, how long does he last? Right. Wow. Because uh, you can't fire someone directly after winning a trophy. Yeah. Unless maybe so you're Chelsea. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is um, so. That was not my is. joke, by the way. That was not my joke. Okay. I still okay. Have the joke to come. Okay. But but you know, at the same time though, when I heard it, it was more. I, I was a little shocked, but I also wasn't surprised too. Because it came on the heels of two very disappointing games. Yeah. And so that made it easier. There was one thing that I saw that the only thing that I saw that you're like, okay, why did that happen? Was the hair tug in, in, at the, in, 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 um, who were we playing in that? Was it Houston? No. It was was either Houston or Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Chicago. It was Chicago. Houston or KC. Houston or KC. Are you talking about the, the most recent road games? Right. I don't even remember off the top of my head. All I remember is saying, you know, that is a very undisciplined thing for a player to do that has not shown that tendency. Maybe there's something sure. else going on. Sure. You, you know, that's the only, that, but even then that's total 100% speculation. Yeah. 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 And, the and only, um, mm-hmm. you know, d- look into the future. We got Mario in charge. Yep. And I'm just hoping as part of this arrangement, it doesn't impact his youth work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he is one of the best people in the nation. Amen. That's great. For point. his work there. Amen. I hope this doesn't stretch him too thin. Yep. Uh, I guess leading into discussing racing, I'll I'll I'll, I'll use my comedy here. Um, okay, isn't it, it awesome? Because you know I'm a stats guy. Isn't yes, it sir. awesome that we lead the nation in mysterious soccer coach firings this season? <laughs> yeah, we're up to two. <laughs> it's if, amazing. If you want to include, well, Connors wasn't wasn't really mysterious, but yeah, no, two, but two in a few this weeks. This year literally. with Hackworth, Hackworth and Holly, and if you're if you come to Louisville with a last name starting with H, don't buy a house. <laughs> Rent, rent and lease. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it it is. It's just, and you know, people chattering on about, you know, me personally, I don't need to know. I don't care. 
I, you know, yeah. because I mean, I'm not saying that I. Well, let me put it this way: I, it's I do care, but what am I going to do? I'm just a yeah. paying customer. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I have a life. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, but but at the same time, I passed it last night helping um, Scouse House pack up everything. Right. They got the boards there, the founding members, the honorary owners. I mm -hmm. mean, they're building this attachment. Right. Good point. Where yeah, you know, I, if I'm an honorary owner, I'm taking that to heart. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to know what the heck's going on. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Granted, you know that doesn't give me access to the board, mm -hmm. but um, right. Yeah, it's just I'm so, such a I'm I'm a terribly pragmatic person, I, and I say sure. that I'm overly pragmatic, and I I admit sure. that I totally admit it. So I don't know. You know the last little bit of comedy is if you didn't if you didn't follow them on social media, go look up the Derby City Ultras just for a tweet they had. Okay, that said is a great tweet that goes with the uh, non disclosure agreements fly, flying out of Soccer City Holdings this year. And had a great, great gif of Leslie Nielsen from one of his movies where just a fax machine is just spewing paper out at him. And it you just know, made me, it made me chuckle yeah, when I needed that chuckle. That is pretty good. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, but I mean, if there's anything, just to put a bow on it, if there's one guy you want to come in who you know, just from his attitude alone, can uplift you just being around him, it's Sanchez. Yep, that's Mario Sanchez, you yes. Know. So anyway, and then he got to coach his first game. Yes, which... Man, you want a tale of two halves. Yeah, oh, no doubt. No doubt. So, we, you know, he comes out and he makes four changes. Mm -hmm. Real Martin, Bauckham, and Malay in. Right. And Yuki on media duty. Right. <laughs> I saw the pictures. Those were pretty good. Uh, it, she was great about it, too. She had mm -hmm. a great attitude about it. She hung out in front of Scouse House taking videos. She was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, also looked like we were playing a bit of a 4-3-3. Right. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like we had, we had, we had three lines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we had our back four. We had our midfield three of... Uh, McCaskill, Olafson, and Malay, and then you had your attacking three, mm -hmm. uh, Nadim, Kaiser, and Bauckham. And that first half, I could not have, have, have scheduled and set up a better response to everything that had happened right. in the past week. Right. They came out active. They came out engaged. They were harassing the other team. Yes, they were. They dominated that half, a great effort goal mm -hmm. uh, that ended with Nadim sliding it past the yeah. uh, Buhati. And it just looked like they had more freedom out yeah. there you yeah. know fox and uh fox and martin were switching between right back and left back you know we'd, we'd never seen emily fox at right back right and she was over there okay. and it just like looked like they had freedom you know kaiser was drifting between the lines mm -hmm. uh there was times she was picking the ball up from the back line mm -hmm. and it just looked like they had more freedom and it looked like they were they, they were just active and engaged and it was the best first half you could script right and, and i can uh, tell you Everything I, that happened. I can tell you this, even as well as they were playing, watching Lavelle that close in a, in a league match as opposed to her playing in um, international games. Man, I'll tell you what, when she's on, she's a cut above. She really yeah. is. She's yeah, yeah. You know, that first half. I mean, as well as, as far as racing playing, as well as they did, her individually, man, she's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But then the second half started. Well. You know, and yeah. I, I, here's my take on this. Let me give you this. Yeah, go ahead. Um, look, I, I called it on. Uh, I called it an expansion team draw because look, a first year team. You look at who they're bringing off the bench, mm -hmm. and who we're bringing off the bring. They're bringing off national teamers. I mean, they're bringing yeah. on national teamers. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, a first year team. I don't care what the sport is. I don't care who's playing. You're just not going to have that depth. Yeah, I mean, you can tactically I agree try. A thousand to, percent. You, yep. you can you can do what you can tactically to hold on, 
And, and, and that's why I wasn't too bummed out that it was a draw. You know, you'd like to see them hold the lead, but I was like, "Come on, look to bring the." I, gosh, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choke on her name from Canada. Um, but they bring, they're bringing on people that played that just won an Olympic gold medal off the yeah. bench. Yeah, you know, and you know, it was just odd that something. You know, we made a change directly at halftime. Mm-hmm. We brought on Ebony for Lauren right. Malay. Right. And I, I, I never got any word on what that was about, but that changed our midfield. Okay. You know, because Ebony's not going to drop back. Ebony's going to be at the top. Mm-hmm. And we lost Malay on the right side of the midfield. Right. And uh, and then and then the rain also made subs just after half or at half to help fortify and solidify mm-hmm. their midfield. So we gave up the midfield in the second half and we started reverting kind of back to that old racing we've seen recently where we just kind of sat back, let them dictate play, and we absorbed pressure. And they were ripping. They were, and that second half, they were ripping our right side of the defense again. They kept yes. it. it was just that, and that's a great point, Joey, because they really didn't do much of that in the first half. Yes. Great observation. They took over the midfield, and, you know, the goal we gave up, I know it was coming, but it was just such a bad goal to give up. Yeah. An unmarked header. Yep. Yeah. And going back to your point, I can't be too mad we lost the midfield because, you know, when I was talking to people around me, I looked at what was on our bench. We had no one to bring on to right. fortify our midfield. Right. And, and then All I... we had were defenders and attackers. You know, we, we didn't have anybody to help shore up that midfield. Right. And, and, I, and, and I, just like with, with Louisville City, I'm going blue in the face saying mm. that's where we need to reinforce. Right, right. And hopefully with a year, you know, get another year under our belts, we can, we can do that because, like I said, you can't. What are you going to do? You know, there just comes a point, and then on top of that, we got let's let's count our lucky stars a little bit because I think there was a stat that said Lavelle took ten shots and only one of them were on goal. Yeah, I mean she started whiffing. In she had of, several bad touches in a yeah. row. I guess she might have been tired. In, well, but, and ooh. also in terms of actual stats, she had a she had a down game. Right. Uh, if you're not using your eyes, mm-hmm, she had mm-hmm. a down game. Okay. And I think a lot of that is too. Um, Emily Fox played a fantastic game on the right side. Right. Okay. You know, at one point in the second half, she was man marking. Um, I can never say her name correctly. Uh, Le Somer. Yes, Le Somer. Who right. tore us apart yeah. on the road when mm-hmm. we played them? Yeah. And she was man marking her and frustrating her. Wow. And it was a fantastic performance. Yeah. And then you know we just and then we just lost the midfield and you know it was a good point to get. Mm-hmm. But it was just a tale of two halves, right? Right, you know? and that's why I didn't leave. I, you know, I wasn't like, "Hooray, we got a, we got one," or "Blah, we got." Yeah. One. I was like, "Okay, we got a point." Yeah, you know, just that's... and and I think I think one last point to mention is you got to give a lot of cheers and, and praise to Rose. You know, we would mention her. Her mm. conduct after the game was amazing. Yeah, I heard about Hanging that. Hanging around, chat with fans, taking photos, signing right. everything. That's awesome. Um, she was great. She was very fun, very mm. engaging. You know, you could tell the staff were trying to tear her away a couple times. Right. And she was having none of it. Well, you she know, just made a ton of people's night. You know, we talked about this um, to end this up. We talked about how the national team, you know, the 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 the, the, the core of that team, the identity of that team is moving mm-hmm. on, right? She she's is a, one of those young players. She's one of she's one of those young players. She's going to be part of the nucleus of this next Yes. You know, I'm going to be a leader. And I think that's yes. a great leader to have because I, I, I'm, she, she's just an impressive person. Very impressive. She, she is already intertwined in our future there. Mm-hmm. You know, she helped seal the last World Cup. Yep. She scored one of the goals in the final. Mm-hmm. And you have no clue the amount of Lavelle jerseys I saw yeah. Yeah. Saturday night, which is a great sign. But at the same time, I'm also a little like, all right, listen here. 
who are you here to support? That's <laughs> yeah, true. But it's little kids, so I can't actually do that. Yeah, what are you going to do? Because I want to get invited back to the stadium. Right, right. Uh, but, but yes, you know, overall, good performance from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't hold their shortcomings to them when, you mm-hmm. know, we're dealing with a roster that's got its flaws. Right. But fantastic first half yeah. and coming out and, and just looking different, both emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. Yeah, it just got, you know, it's going to be, it, I think, and, and the, actually we should end it with this. I think, um, you know, I believe there's seven matches left, six points behind for a playoff spot. Yeah. They, if we're going to talk playoffs, they've got to win at least three of these. I agree, at you least, know? yes. You know, it, at, and that's just to get in the conversation for really yes. to, to, to really consider themselves part of it. We'll see what happens, though. Anyway, um, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about draws again and ties in in the next segment. Boy, I can't wait, Joe. Yeah, I, it, 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 dur- during the break, I'm gonna go fill up my flask that I've already drank through this segment. Yeah, you're a pal. All right, man. Uh, it's Joey Cecil, and we will be back uh, talking about the United States uh, men's national team in a bit. Yes, sir. Okay, so normally in this segment of the program, if you've been listening the last few weeks, Matt Owens has been uh, contributing some yucks. <laughs> And it's really been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate him being a part of it. We just didn't have any time to work anything out this week. However, I did get a request uh, from one of the listeners. And to all of you that are listening to this and downloading, we're doing really well. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the comments. And I really appreciate the suggestions. Really, it, it's just wonderful. One of our listeners did mention that uh, September is Child Cancer Awareness Month. And um, my father passed away of cancer back in 90, gosh, 94. Uh, it's it's really hard to watch someone you love go through that. And I can't imagine having a child watching someone young dealing with this. Um, if you have a moment for a thought or a prayer for any of these kids that are dealing with this right now, it would really be wonderful. Maybe in the future we'll do a fundraiser. I didn't plan on doing anything like that with this show, but hey. We're part of the community, and we want to be involved and engaged and help as much as we can. So, like I said, uh, please, if you can, just a, a kind thought or a prayer for any of these kids that are dealing with that. So horrible. And we love you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, welcoming my friend and avid hiker, Ken Luther. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, well, I hike as much as my partner will allow me to. So. Yeah, man. But she's, sometimes she's not into it. Well... Hiking is strenuous. That's the point. Is it not? It's supposed to be. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I need to do some hiking. Anyway, what's going on, man? You doing all right? Yeah, man. I'm really excited that September is upon us. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit sad that we don't have any like home games in September. Really? But, That's, uh, that is very bizarre. The scheduling for the men for the for Lou City a month off, basically almost a month where we won't have a home game. That's weird. Yeah, I don't get that, but I think we complained about it last time, so we'll stop. I won't complain about it this time. <laughs> so, man, let's find something else to complain. I about. Here's something. Well, I know what we could complain about. How about did you, the the uh, the television scheduling for the NWSL final? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Go ahead, dude. What I, I don't understand. Um, Nine a.m. on a Saturday to show the final mm-hmm. in Portland, which is a 25,000 25, capacity stadium. Right. So if Portland doesn't make the final, Right? how many people do you think are going to be at that You'll game? You'll be lucky if there's 4,000, 5,000 people. They'll, what they'll probably do is they'll offer seats up 
you know, to people like Portland, the the Timbers fans or something like that, they'll work some, I don't know. But I, first of all, if it was in the middle of the country, you might get a little more people. Let's say, let's say Gotham FC makes the final. It's a 3,000 mile flight. <laughs> Not, not only, yeah, exactly. Not only that, but it's nine a. The, the game is at nine a.m. on a Saturday morning. So even if you offered up a whole bunch of seats to Portland fans, right? People do, especially like soccer families with children, right? Right. right, right. Uh, at nine a.m. Saturday morning, who maybe do? I don't know. This is the only thing I can think of, and I want to just play devil's advocate here. For I mean, I, I they play soccer. They have their own games. Right, the that kids. Time. That's right. I mean, what when is this? November. November twentieth. Probably still be playing then. Right. Yeah. The first thing I was thinking is why not? Why not do it on Tuesday night, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving? You know, that would be I think a yeah. little bit better of a time slot because it's Thanksgiving week. So, you know, some people are taking time off already, and that way the game. If you started it, it you know, even if you started it at five p.m. local time, at least it's prime time in the United States. But here's the other thing. I, I mean, the only thing I can think of is this this was the time slot. If they were offered by CBS and said, look, if you want to be on national television off of the off of the paid service, this is the only time we can give you. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I, I can't think of any other, you know, because let's be. So why did they take it? Because they're screwing the local fans. Right. I, 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 I said, I'm just I'm just curious as to. All right. Let's say that they didn't do a championship on national television at nine on at nine a.m. on a Saturday. Okay. So what would be the next if you're negotiating it when you know the viewership is at a certain level? What what would be the what's what's what stance can you take? You know what what legs are you standing on to say no? We wanted a better time. I don't know. I'm and I'm asking. I have no idea what the answer is. I'm just trying to wonder. Well, obviously they didn't have any legs to right. stand on. Um, I think. They were so enthusiastic about getting it on CBS to be broadcast on a non-pay right. channel, which I don't know how is a, how important is that I these days for it's the demographics not. that you're going after. <laughs> it's not at all. I, I just I, I don't understand. So, you know what what I see happening is they're going to play. You know, and and if COVID wasn't mm-hmm. around, they were still going to play in a partially yep. empty stadium, which I just think is an incredibly yeah. bad look. I, I'm also not a big fan of, hey, we're going to have the championship game here at this level who the teams are. Um, I think yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that being done that way. I think I you agree. should have the championship game at whatever team. Whoever's the home team is. Whoever's got the most points. Right, exactly. I don't I don't understand. That gives, I, yeah, that gives teams something to play for through the whole season. Unless they're just obsessed with Portland's. Portland's draw because you know they are the best drawing team in the league, but still, like you were saying, but if, if it's not if Portland, Portland, if Portland's not in the final, and it's two suppose it's a suppose it's North Carolina and Gotham, you know, I mean, suppose, I think that can happen, right? They're all in the same league, so it's not like two Eastern teams can't make the final, right? Suppose Washington and Gotham play in the final. So that I mean, the the game for them will be at at twelve on right. a Saturday, which is not as bad as nine, but there's still nobody gonna nobody's gonna be in the stadium. Right. It's just, I don't know, man. It's I, it, it's one of a couple of things that have happened this year with this league that I'm sorry, I'm scratching my head. I'm trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. It's they're just, pri- they're, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. They're prioritizing this national TV over right. building regional and local bases. Right, right. And I think that's bass backwards. I think yep. they need to the other prioritize building local fan bases and regional mm-hmm. fan bases 
and then start to work at work to get after the kind of the national team thing. Yeah. You know, I don't want to compare this to the USL, but the USL didn't do a whole lot of national TV. They started out in YouTube. Remember those days? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that was great because mm-hmm. we could get the games and it was on YouTube. So I don't even think we had to pay for them the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went on to ESPN three and now they're doing some ESPN two national broadcasts. Right. And, and, but they really kind of focus the efforts on building regional fan bases. Now, granted we've done better than a lot of other places, but yeah. I, I just, I, I don't understand the NWSL strategy. If there is one, I don't even think there is one. I don't know. It's just I bad. Don't, it seems weird, but some of the things that have happened, some of the crazy uh, crazy the transactions that went on with the draft. Um, yeah. This choice with the television stuff. And they changed. Uh, they changed the rules on the draft and the protection of expansion teams every year. How can yeah. you plan for that if you're building a long-term strategy to uh, outfit a club with players? Yeah, I don't know. And they and change it, the rules on you every year, <laughs> right? And plus, you've got. I think they're adding what two more teams next year. I know that yeah. Los Angeles is adding one. I don't know who the other one is. So at least. At least, no, maybe it doesn't even do that. Because now you're only talking about, what, 12, 13 teams. And 12 teams. And, um, you know, the, the the distance you have to travel for matches doesn't really change a whole lot. They'll probably just add two games to the schedule as opposed to, you know, redistribute the amount of weeks that they're playing. That's what I'm going to guess. Um, man, I'm not going to say that I'm worried. But I, I, I think it's fair to ask questions about the long-term future. I really do think it's fair to ask those questions because some of this seems untenable. I don't know what the, you know, financially there was a report, uh, I guess it was three years ago, they generated about $5 million of revenue. That's not a terrible amount. It's not a bad amount of money considering what they pay and the amount of people that show up. But I don't know, man. It, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you grow it. I don't know how you add to it. I don't know how you make some of these decisions um, make a little more sense. I don't know how much they're paying for these TV contracts, but it seems like to me they're swinging for the fence without making sure that their own backyard has got grass in it. You know, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I figured, why not just leave it on Twitch? I, I don't, you know, Twitch. You know, it sounds a little weird to us, us being a little older. Kids go to Twitch. Younger people go to Twitch. Are on it all the time. You I think know, it's watching. a free platform. Right. I think one of the things that these bigger media companies get you as like cameras and people to run the cameras and, yeah. and that kind of, uh, you true. know, more advanced That's broadcasting true. ability, mm-hmm. you know, when ESPN would show up for a few games, they'd bring more cameras and better cameras. And I don't know how much that stuff costs. Yeah, man. I imagine technology is improving such a way that you can get away with maybe not having the, you know, the most technically advanced broadcast, but at least mm-hmm. you can have one. <clears throat> Yeah, but I just don't think they're putting a whole lot of effort into the local game, and, and it's it shows, right? And conversely, you see you have the comparison between NWSL and Edwards in USL, who I think is doing a bang up job. Yeah, I give the guy a lot of credit. I mean, they have done some really great work. He's got a long term vision. Yeah, he does. He's, he hasn't been shy about talking about this long term vision, and every move that the USL makes, you can see he's building towards. This long-term vision. Yeah. NWSL is like, well, we want to be a, a, a major league right away. So they're right. trying to act like a major league when they're not. And they're not, not building the infrastructure to support it. 
so I guess the next question becomes, you know, NWSL, I'm, I'm sorry, USL is starting a women's league. I don't know if yeah, that's, that's a division, interesting. division one league. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know. How many teams do they have? You've already got an infrastructure set up with NWS, I mean, with a, I keep getting compared, confused. Uh, USL already has a league infrastructure set up. That's, you know, at least there's some sort of regional um, cohesiveness where you can get four teams within a bus ride, even if it's a longer bus ride. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to being Dallas. <laughs> you know, I, I get that. I think that one of the kind of big issues with the NWSL, it's got its pros and its cons, but it's like all of our other major sports leagues mm-hmm. in the United States. It's, it's a single entity. League. Yeah, man. It's run by committee. So what's a camel? A camel is a horse created by committee. So you're not you're not getting <laughs> you're not uh, you're not getting optimal solutions based yeah. on what you need in local and regional environments with this big league that's thinking big. Mm. I just I don't think I don't think you have to you got to have some legs to stand on, and I don't yeah. think they've paid enough attention to the to the bits. And that's the concern is that this, you know, the, I don't know how shaky they are financially. And, and frankly, it, it's not it's not a huge deal in the sense of locally, we're going to support the team no matter what, whatever league they play in. It's just there's got to be a league. <laughs> you know, the, the, even MLS to some extent. Got, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> when you when you talk about, you know, the team is is more important than the league. Yeah. When when you're in a league like the NWSL or the MLS or NFL, I don't know a whole lot about Major League Baseball or the NBA, but it's it's cost sharing. It's you know yeah, they, they, it's not you're you're supporting a league. You're not supporting right. a team. Right. right, um, right. So yeah, I don't know. The league is going to do things that may or may not support your local efforts. Mm-hmm. Having a championship game. That may or may not be in the same town as the teams, one of the teams from, at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, so that you can get a national broadcast, mm-hmm. completely screws the local yeah, fans. Absolutely, absolutely. Which means they don't give a shit about the local fans. Right, right. And I don't know how much money they're making on right. broadcasting and and media and uh, advertising. And there's another angle. I don't mean to interrupt you. But there's another angle that we don't we don't consider as much, which has become a huge part of this now is sports gambling. Been looking yeah. into that fairly recently. Sports gambling has become such a huge part of the calculus of what these leagues can generate as far as TV contracts are concerned. And I don't see, I can't find a number on NWSL sports gambling as opposed to the NFL and opposed to other these states like the state of New Jersey, just New Jersey in June sports gambling, a half billion dollars in one month. Yeah. I'm sports a, gambling, I'm a big online games. sports gambling. You know, yeah, I mean, so, Las Vegas is the is the central hub for sports gambling with all the sports books there, but nobody's going to go down to the sports book at 9 a.m. in Las Vegas <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It to, just to bet on women's soccer games. That's, if know, if that's something that you want, maybe right. you should play in the evening time. Right, right. And and you don't need a national broadcast. It right. doesn't need to be on CBS to be able I agree. to bet I, on women's games. 100% so, agree. So I don't know. This man. is insanity. It's yeah, insanity. It's so it's it's enough to give you a little bit of pause as the future goes on, I think. Anything else you want to add to that? Well, how do we protect ourselves as Louisville City? 
or uh, racing Louisville. Mm-hmm. You know, how do, how do we put our before the league, which is really hard to do. Yeah, it is. Because it's that single entity structure, which we all hate. Yep. You know, it's the communism of yeah, soccer. Sure <laughs> and it's, it, it's, uh, it's, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering if this USL thing with a, with a, with an already developed architecture to handle some of this may not eventually be an option. Who knows? I don't know, man. We're going to find out though. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think in a number of years, I mean, USL will be able to compete with MLS. Yeah. Just because they understand that you build locally they're doing a, first. They're doing a great job. So anyway, we're going to get into talking about the national team and some of that stuff, which also is probably heavily impacted by some of this in a bit. Thank you, Ken. Okay, before we go on, it is time for the most insightful, intense, deep, dare I say, sultry analysis of what many people consider to be the greatest sports league in the history of sports. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the NLS moment. <laughs> sultry. I love that word. Sultry. Reminds me of Barry White. Anyway, here we go. The really salty people in Utah won themselves a soccer game. Isn't that nice? FC Mickey Mouse comes up big against the Ohio State Hard Hats. One of those teams near Malibu scored like 850 goals against the Kansas City Sporty Sports. And finally, Cincinnati finds another way to kick themselves right in the friggin' ass. What is wrong with these people? (laughs) 90th minute against Inter-Miami, which is a stupid name. And, And... they give up a goal in the 90th. It's like every week, every week. It's it's just another another way to laugh at them, which I try not to do, but, well, can't help it. <laughs> okay, let's welcome back Joey Cecil for what's going to be a joyous, happy segment about the United States men's national team. Yay! <laughs> Why do you lie to them, Joe? <laughs> oh, we built, we built this podcast on integrity, honesty, I know, I know, I know. and lies. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know what? There's two matches, right? Okay, the 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 first draw, okay, on the road against a crazy crowd at a team that hasn't. The last time they had a home qualifier was when Reagan was president. Yeah. So you can see, and, and granted, talent, and, and don't forget, sound like there was artillery fire going right. on outside the stadium through most of the first half. <laughs> well, I didn't know if we were in an active war zone right, or if it was their right, Independence right. Day. So you never know. And and these guys, it's the first time a lot of these guys played together. They're younger. Certainly the front line was, it, he went with the front line that was, you know, youth. I did the average. Our front line average age was 19.6. So you're really going with an extremely young front line. Granted, individually, they've played overseas in yeah. massive environments. But playing together in that environment representing the United States is a whole new experience. Yeah. Went with some experience in the back, which we both kind of questioned a little bit because I was like, what's Reem doing back there? Yeah, <laughs> especially on the same side as Sergino. Right, right. But uh, go ahead, man. Let's talk about El Salvador. <sighs> the game I expected them to win, just like you mentioned, because El Salvador is not a powerhouse of CONCACAF. Right, right. And I heard a lot of people saying, you know, as you said, it was great to get the young players' experience in this atmosphere. Right. But me being more of a realist, what did I see? Mm-hmm. I saw we were one or two players from what would be considered our top 11. Yep. And we never controlled that game. You're right. Absolutely 100% right. That's what I saw. And it's great to get a point on. Anytime you get a point on the road in World Cup qualifying, it's like a gritting teeth acceptance. Right. But it's also like I never thought in that game 
as you mentioned with Louisville City, I never thought in that game, oh, we're going to go on and win this. Absolutely. Totally agree with I you. I never had that feeling. And that's what disappoints me. Right. And it's hard. Is everything leading up to this World Cup qualifying cycle has been, you know, roses and sunshine. And mm-hmm. we got two trophies this summer. Right. And then when the game really gets down to the nitty gritty, mm. we didn't look like we had an idea. No. It, it, it's the lack of creativity was a big concern for me. Um, yes. And, and look, I hate to get into this kind of thing because I don't want... It still it matters, but it shouldn't matter when you when you figure in some of the intangibles. Like I said, they look pretty organized. Yeah. Um, we, they, you know, like I said they had the home crowd. You've got this vibe. They played with a lot of energy. You can't take that yeah. away from me either. Agreed. But their start, their front, their one of the guys from their front is from FC Tulsa. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, this is a USL player leading their attack. Yes. Come on, uh, that has you know, to it's count just, a little bit. It's also just. At some point, I've said it, push comes to shove, Mm -hmm. this team has got to show that on paper they can translate it into reality. Yeah, man. We've got all these great, fantastic club players. Yep. It's time to put it together for the national team. Right. And this was not a performance that showed that. Granted, it was not our best 11, but Mm -hmm. as I said, it was damn close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. And, it, and and then, but then that 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 draw then made it rough because you go into Canada, yep. which was the game I think we would have accepted drawing. Yep. Needing to get a bigger result than just a draw. Right. And you know, as we transition into talking about Canada, this game was just a mess from the beginning. When you've got Stefan, Reina, and McKinney all declared out. Yep. Before the game even starts. Yep. And that the whole once the McKenna thing is weird. Uh, well, that's this is not his first time violating someone's protocol concerning Jeez. COVID. He did it back with Juventus. Did he really? I had no idea. Yes, oh, yes, geez, he was Louise. part of when he was part of a whole group of Juventus players uh, <laughs> who were suspended due to violating COVID protocols. And that's the one I'm most disappointed in. Very. Just, if he's done it you twice, you gotta know, man. man you gotta he, know. I mean, if he's done it twice, I mean, I was disappointed he did it once. I mean, this is. And then you know there were question marks <clears> over <throat> over whether Pula, over whether Pulisic was going to play. That was leading right. up to that. Mm-hmm. And then I just questioned, like, was this even a home game? Because we didn't play like it. No, it didn't feel. And once again, I didn't feel. I didn't feel entire. I didn't feel much different about the the the, the consistency and quality of play than I did the first game. Correct. I it just and, and this and this might have even been our stronger lineup. Right. Oh, totally. Well, for you know, Christian is in there. Granted, Rain is not playing, but you got you got Pulisic out there. Yes, and you got Brooks in the back line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you got Robinson and Brooks, who I said would be my starting duo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just in true U.S. fashion, we get to the second half, we get a breakthrough, and we give it right back, back. up. Man, and, and it was that, that the, I don't want to, the goal that we gave up, speaking of Brooks, man, He's I don't know. Flat footed. Flat footed. Yeah. Just flat footed. Just... No awareness. And like you and I messaged, mm-hmm. this was the guy we were supposed, supposed to build our back line right. around. This was the, he was the, he was the anchor. <laughs> so. You know, and, and and let's be honest, Sergio Dest. What did you say the, in those two games? You know, he's he loves to go forward, yep. but we don't have anything covering him. Yeah, our two left-sided options are both Reem and Brooks are both not fleet of foot. No, so they need coverage as well. Mm. And but you cannot not start Sergio Dest. Yeah. yeah, I I almost I hate to harken back to this era. Mm-hmm. But we almost need to go for full Jurgen Klinsmann yeah. when he would start Yedlin up on the right midfield. Okay. And just send Sergino Dest up the left wing. Mm. 
You know, okay. if he wants to be forward, let's play him. Let's forward. play him forward. I, I, that's it's, you can't keep that talent on the on the bench. I mean, you just you yeah. can't. And then you know we get to like you know DeAndre Yedlin had a bad game, yeah. And you just wonder. We saw this summer Shaq Moore, Reggie Cannon. Yep. Why why would they not get the call when this guy has not been in the national team setup? I don't know. I don't know. It's not it's not like Kellen Acosta who had been in contact and mm-hmm. and you know as they as they just drummed over our heads during the gold cup. Right. But this is a guy who also has just been out, out, out in the pasture. Yeah. And he hasn't really so shown anything club wise nope. to get the call back. So, and, you know, and then late in the game, we put on three attacking subs, which I didn't mind, but it was in the 82nd minute. minute. <laughs> That's the next thing I want to talk. And then we throw them on and we never even get near the goal. Yeah. It's just, I didn't understand. So, Why did they wait so long? I mean, it's just, it it's just, just and I think I mentioned mm. Canada threw on three or four guys. In between when we made our sub at half and then our next subs. Right. And it's just, at this point, the maximum we can get is five out of this week cycle. Yeah. And that's just not acceptable. Right. And that's kind of where I was leaning towards the last time. And I and, and I was like, no, you know, and, and re- reassessing saying, you could see seven. I don't think five kills us. It's the manner in which we got the five if yes. we win this next game. That's yes. the concern. And, and the other concern has got to be who, who the hell is left to play. You hear that. That was because just not. Mm. Stefan's automatically out. Yep. Reina's got a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Dest went off hurt with yeah. an ankle injury. Uh, Pulisic is just now getting back to playing. Right. And he went the full ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is is it is the McKinney violation? Is that just for that game? Right. Or is this is he available for Honduras? I yeah, I don't know how that you works. Know? It's just who who is left? I had a thought about that, and I was wondering. I don't know if we can do it because I'd have to go back through the roster again. Maybe you start what you had as close to possible to the nations, or not, I mean, to the Gold Cup squad. Because uh, they played together, they yeah. went through something like, I mean, I'm and I'm spitballing here because I have no, no, I, I agree no with where idea. your head's at, mm-hmm. but we didn't bring a ton of those guys to this right, roster, right? Some of them, you know, those a couple of those other guys are there. I don't know. We got closer to the Nations League final than we do the Gold Cup, right? On this roster, okay, yeah, that's true, that's absolutely that's true. what we got. Uh, and, and you know what I got, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. They have to get three points at Honduras. Yeah. There's just, I you mean, cannot th- fall further behind another draw granted. Now here's, here's the thing. People will say, well, you know, another draw, if, if everything keeps working out, they'll probably still be in third or fourth place. That's not the point. No, that is not the point. The squad has too much talent. Yes. Way too much talent individually, which now brings up the conversation Man, I've done my best. I really, 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 really went out and said, okay, Burwalter. Mm-hmm. I mean, but and he's here. That's it. Look, he's not going anywhere. There's no way. He, uh-huh. I don't care. I don't care if they have, they don't win the rest of the games. Burwalter's going to play. He's going to be here. That's it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, I, and I, I'm doing my best to, to try and see both sides of this. But a team with this much talent that doesn't show a ton of creativity where you're seeing people being brought in in the 82nd minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I admit, I'm, maybe I'm missing something, but if somebody was to sit there and go, yeah, I have a totally 100% confidence that Burr Walter's the guy, and then consider the way we won the last two, those two tournaments, one in penalties, one in goal, pretty sloppy. You know, it wasn't, let's, let's, let's be honest about that too. It was like either one of those. We're happy that they won and they were gutsy yeah. wins. We, we said that they were gutsy wins. But it, they, these weren't technical masterpieces. 
No, but at the same time, leading up to those tournaments, mm-hmm. don't forget that stretch of games we had against CONCACAF opponents okay. and friendlies where we we decimated right. people. Right. And they were That's they right. were flashy. They were Fair. creative. Yep. But I think part of Burhalter's problem is this. We've seen over the last year and a half, two years, he's tried to get his system in there, his culture, right. which I think his culture is in there. Uh-huh. You know, it's a gutsy culture. And it's not the flashiest. Right. But at the same time, I think too much time this past two years has been spent on exploring our roster and not getting that group of players together who is going to be our 11 right. and getting them fine-tuned and in and in sync with each other. I think you're right, man. I mean, that's, that's a damn because good point. Because if you saw the Gold Cup versus the Nations League final, mm-hmm. the Gold Cup was nothing more than an exploratory experiment. Yep. Because how, how many of those players actually made it on right. to this roster? Right, right. We had Turner, Robinson, and Acosta. I'm going to okay. say that's pretty much about it. Was 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 Lachey on that too? Uh, Lachey was, uh, um, but I think he was also part of the nation. Right, he too. was both. He was both. Uh, but of the what I would call the exploratory people right. from the Gold Cup. Right. You know, and it's just, I still question, you know, what would, what would even be our best 11? Right. Because we don't know. We've never seen them on mm-hmm. the field together. And when you get to these games, that's not a time to still be figuring that right. out. Hear that both. I mean, so great, that, that would be my main criticism of Burhalter is I get it. He came in and we needed to find, we need to find that next generation, but I think we spent too much time calling in too many people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a fair, I mean, I, I, I hear that because they've got to have some sort of chemistry. They've got to have some sort of cohesion. And the past few games, it's, it's shown the lack oh, there of it. It's just, and, and, and I hear you are absolutely right about the booing thing. I was going to mention, um, you know, it's off topic with the, with uh, from soccer, but the the New York Mets are going through a, a bit of a hassle right now, where a couple of their players that they brought in, and I don't even follow baseball that much anymore. And, in, and this was coming from uh, just glancing TV this weekend. Um, uh, one of the one of the guys they brought in from Chicago, they got a couple guys that are not playing well, mm-hmm. and um, there's all of a sudden two or three times you've seen a thumbs down sign from the players, and this was the players responding to the crowd who has been pretty rough on them. Yeah. Now, in the Mets, from looking at it from the New York Mets perspective, there's no more loyal fan base in New York. And I mean that. I know Yankees fans and, and Giants mm-hmm. fans going, but Mets fans have been through hell. You know, almost as bad as the Jets. Yeah. And they have been through hell. You don't boo them. You you don't you don't give them a thumbs down when they're when they're when they're uh when they've been there year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about the national team, this isn't this wasn't a lack of yeah. effort. No, that these... and that's why that's why I, I I told you when we were chatting about it, mm-hmm. that hearing that there was some booing going on yeah. at the end of the game, not cool. And there are questions whether it was at the officials, right? And let's be honest, that official had a very tight whistle in the second yes, half. Yes, he did. Very tight, very conservative, very strict. Mm-hmm. But as you also mentioned, the first half was very chippy. Didn't yeah. want to let that get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But whether it was directed at the officials, but if it was directed at the players. Yeah, not cool. I find that unacceptable. Yeah, I'm not with that. I hear you. I find that completely unacceptable because it's not like those players didn't just give everything out there. Right. As if, you know, they wanted to in this game 1-1. Right. That, that That's their best result they wanted. Yeah. You know, but you can also can't direct booze. If they were directed towards management, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it, but you can't direct booze. Right. You know, the whole team's going to hear it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the problem with that. You know, it's all fine and good to be frustrated. Yeah. But don't take it out on the guy who just ran his, his ass off for 90 minutes. Right. And is just as disappointed, if not more so. Oh, sure. Certainly. Than you are. Right. And yeah. this is also the team. I wonder how much of this is hanging over their head was the collapse in the last World Cup cycle. Yeah. And the last thing I think this young group needs is that booing behind them. Yeah, I, I hear you. Especially young kids. when they, And, and the, you know, when you talk about guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old who are coming from club atmospheres where when they struggle, they don't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I mean, I, 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 I thought the crowd was, was pretty, well, it's hard to say because on television, you just don't know, you know, it, cause they, they, they might, the way they mic things and the way, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it seemed like, uh, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed like it doesn't feel locked in and, and to be in this part to, for my, to end it for my part, to be two games in, granted, there's still, I think, what, how many games left? 12 games? Something like that. 8, 9, 10, 11. It's not the old school. 14 heck. games. I think there's 14 games left. Yeah. So, you know, you've gotten two out of six with 14 left. It's not the end of the world. But this is not the way to come out of the gates. No. But I also think, I also think if you want a positive spin on it, uh-huh. I think it is a good thing that we are disgruntled and unhappy with draws. Yeah, hear that. Yeah, that's you know, fair. I think it shows our hope. Yep. And it shows what we expect out of this group. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and I think that's a good, it's a good thing to be frustrated. Right. But at the same time, you just can't go full blown. You know, this team sucks. Yeah. You know, I'm going to boo my head off because you got to draw. It's, it's not the right take. Right. It's great. It's, it's okay to be frustrated. I hear you. That man. means you have expectations. I totally agree. Well, but it's uh, it's not it's it's still I'm just going to end with that like you sure. just can't boo these guys you yeah. know. Well, I'll tell you what uh, they're going to be hearing some boos on Wednesday. <laughs> Down yeah, on tourists. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not going to be the friendliest atmosphere. That's for sure. Well, I hope they brought I hope they brought their Google Translate with them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, man, hopefully we'll have hopefully we'll have a better like this will be this will be airing after the Louisville City game. And uh, certainly after the game Wednesday. So hopefully we'll have some happier things to say next week, Joey. Yeah, we've had back-to-back. Mm, yeah. It's not always sunny in Louisville no, podcast. <laughs> so, you know, well, well, what's Annie say? There's always hope for tomorrow. Yeah, I guess. The sun will come the out sun tomorrow. Will come out. <laughs> well, someday, someday tomorrow we'll get here. Yeah, man. All right, Joey. Thanks a lot, pal. Thank you. All right. Okay, I want to thank Joey Cecil once again for his contribution. And before we bring Ken on for the second segment, did you know that this week? So this week felt a little weird because three draws out of four, if you're following all the teams, it just doesn't feel like things ended the way you want them to. And I thought we'd talk about some weird endings, things that didn't end uh, all that well or didn't end at all. So get your pens, your pencils, your iPads, a quill even. Here we go. Endings that were dubious or never resolved. How about this one? D.B. Cooper. If you ever studied history, or maybe you were alive in the 70s like I was. Yes, I'm old. This guy apparently uh, was never found. He hijacked a 727 on a flight out west someplace. I want to say Portland. He stole everybody's money, and he jumped out the airplane. <laughs> they never found the guy. I, I, I give him credit. I mean, you know, being a thief sucks. So, but I mean, you got to have a lot of guts to, to pull something like that off. But anyway, did you know that? I didn't really know that. How about this one? If you're a TV fan, The Sopranos, the last episode. Man, I was a Sopranos fan, obviously. They shot a lot of it in my hometown, being half Italian as well. But the last episode was so weird. I was angry. (laughs) 
Oh, man, James Gandolfini, what a great actor. Rest in peace, man. Right? Weird? Did you know that? Did you know it was weird? I thought it was. How about this one? The 1972 gold medal basketball game. Remember that? That was between the United States and Soviet Union at the time. And, man, the end of that game, calling fouls that really didn't exist. Soviet Union won the gold medal. They still have it. The guys that are on that team that are still around, they, they've never collected the silver. Good for them. They got screwed. Did you know that? Yeah, that was, that was terrible. I about Married with Children. Remember that TV show? They just sort of ended it. It never got a last episode. It felt like that one really should have had a last episode. It was such an iconic show. Anyway, I wonder what ever happened to them. Did you know that? I don't know. How about this one? Here's one that's not resolved that we really need to talk about more. You know, the government released a report that they're, they're admitting that UFOs exist and we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so right now, there's a bunch of UFOs that are checking us out. Who knows where they're from? And they're watching us. Uh, they're watching us scream and yell at soccer matches. And hopefully they're nice people or whatever aliens are, if they're people or if they're aliens. Who the hell knows? But anyway, I hope they're nice because if they're not nice, wow, <laughs> that would really suck. Okay, we're back with Ken to discuss uh, the wonderful exploits of the United States men's national team over their first two matches. <laughs> i tell you what, I've never been shy about my dislike for the United States men's national right, team. Because right, right. they've, you know, throughout my lifetime, they've always kind of sucked. Right, right. Uh, and they can, you know, people, people are like, oh, no, they're really good. They're really good. And we won all these cups this summer and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But what kind of competition? were we playing against it was the b team mm -hmm. that was winning these cups well the one cup the the uh, the, uh, the b team yeah. won the uh the uh, gold cup right right that, yeah, that's totally fair and then when we roll into world cup qualifying we come out of two games with what two points yeah man i don't know and i was you know talking about this with joe a little bit the Look, the, the, the El Salvador game, I kind of gave him a pass on because you have there's a combination of youth on the men's team never playing together. You know, one of the things I said was that the average age of the front line was 19.6. I mean, that's that's a very young group of guys to put up front in an atmosphere that was absolutely insane. I mean, the, the country had been building for this for months, literally. This was a national event, and that crowd was amazing. So you get a little bit of a push for that, but this Canada thing was a debacle. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just It's always a debacle. Oh. I mean I just I get let down and let down and let down mm. and I get it. I'm an American and I'm supposed to support the national team, right. but they make it really hard to do. Well, it starts with the some some of the, the first question I've had since the beginning is Burhalter. They spent a year looking for a coach. One year a national team in soccer taking a year can you imagine in germany <laughs> you know and they've had national team problems before i mean they literally retooled their entire system yeah and right yeah. and they've reached the end of a generation can you imagine telling them look we're gonna have a coach next year for the next year we're just gonna kind of work things out <laughs> i can't even I, imagine yeah the United States Soccer Federation and all of that stuff is it's just a dumpster fire it's a cluster fire Oh, a year after year after year after year. Uh, know, the first thing that I've always had a problem with is the fact that MLS, even though there's a bit of a separation now, um, some Soccer United marketing uh, is being, you know, uh, the Federation is no longer going to be using them after this season. So they're going to have their own, goodness. they're going to have their own financial marketing. Um, I think that's a great thing. More separation, because some was sort of the lock between MLS 
and the Soccer Federation. And MLS had way too much input. Way too much input. It, yeah, MLS screwed the NASL yeah. uh, and got rid of that league right. because that was their competition. Right. And I imagine they're going to try to uh, screw the USL Absolutely. at some point. I, as, soon as soon as they see the USL taking some of their market you share. I believe it. Uh, and and they're in bed with the U.S. men's national team, so a lot of decision making on the part of the national team uh, was being influenced by MLS. Right, Garber's still on the board, so as long as Don Garber's on the board of the United States Soccer Federation, MLS is going to have a huge voice in the decision making there. I don't think that's a good thing. I think the federation needs to have as much distance as possible from it. Uh, it, it I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's as incestuous as it used to be, but uh, the last time I looked was about four years ago, I think. I mean, it was the U.S. Soccer Federation was being run by MLS. Maybe that's not the case now. Right. Um, I, but, yeah, it just it's it's not good for, for the game in the U.S., and it's why we suck so bad year after year after year. Right. Now, now you mentioned we don't you, put God. any effort into our the same – argument i had with the nwsls we don't put any effort into building local professional soccer yeah, i agree and then you know the usl thing you brought up a great point i've been saying this for years at some point you know we're going to be knocking on the door and in in, in usl garber's garber does not exist to be a benevolent individual he's ruthless that league is ruthless. It's about making money for his investors. investors and that's the, and there's nothing wrong with that. About. But in order to do that, you've got to destroy the competition. And I yes. tell people, you know, that that you know, MLS, they look at this as some sort of benign entity. I mean, you you look at oh, what they no. did with Columbus, him and Anthony Precourt no. trying to move the team down to Austin and doing it silently while they were selling season tickets for the next season, knowing full well they wanted out. Dude, that's a pretty ruthless thing to do. That's a horrible thing to do to your first fan base. The least you could do is 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 be is have some level of honesty. You could still say we're we're examining options to move the team. You're not going to hurt sales all that bad. I I don't know, man. You don't you don't think it couldn't happen to Racing Louisville? Absolutely, it could happen to Racing Louisville. There's no doubt it could happen. They don't care about local fans. Right. They care about making money. money. If they see an opportunity to make more money mm -hmm. than they're currently making. They don't care. Right. They'll it's all about the bottom line. It's never been about the game. It's about using the game to make money. I've said that before. If Garber could have found a way to selling turtles <laughs> to make selling turtles to make the amount of money that he's making for his investors. If he could make more money selling turtles than soccer, he'd sell turtles. I mean, that's it's really it's all about making money for their investor operators and their investor groups. I don't know the current uh, revenue input of selling turtles. Right, right, right. <laughs> I guess it depends on what type of turtles right. you're selling. Really fast turtles. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm yeah, it's it's depressing, and you know, yeah. it's watching this stuff uh, really aggravates me a little bit about how we approach this. People figure that you know, I don't want to use Europe as the example, um, but. They've been doing this for a yes, while, sir. and they've kind of figured out what works. Yep. I can't imagine and, a country that's obsessed with reality TV, too, like this country is. Promotion relegation is the ultimate reality television. There's ugh. there's nothing more insane than a relegation battle for, for a group. and it, it makes you excited about both ends of the table right. and super excited to be in the middle. Yeah, and, the, and even if folks in the middle, because you start talking about transfer windows, 
and who you're pilfering if you're an Everton who's always stuck somewhere between 10th and 8th or 6th. And, you know, and who yep. you're going to pilfer from the Norwich cities. And then on top of that, you've got who who uh, who Everton is going to be pilfered by from the top four or five. You can't even say Arsenal anymore. I don't know what's going on with that. But those top teams, I mean, that's part of it. That's part of the excitement of the whole deal. Oh, and, and, and like I said, it's reality television at its absolute finest. And we just completely ignore it because we tried to set it up like the NFL and, and even MLS's numbers, not real good. Their TV numbers still aren't good. Still aren't good. Yeah, these these other sports pro leagues in the United States are based on regionalism. Yes, they are. Certainly hockey is. That's the one thing. Like, there's more fans of soccer in this country than hockey. There's no doubt about it. But, Easily. But, but regionally, when you start talking about the Bruins, the Rangers, the Canadians, all these teams that have been around for a while, their local support is insane. Yeah, Detroit. <laughs> right, the Red Wings. I know. I mean, Chicago. And, and, and local support local support you have to have that before you can move forward i don't know but getting back to the <sighs> right get back to the to the national team so now you've got you got the burhalter mess which is a guy that never coached at an international level um and then we're we're sort of assuming that he's going to be able to coach against um the you know the, the you know um the, those coaches somehow he's going to be able to compete he's just going to magically do that with less talent we certainly have the talent to at least we're more respectable than we were four years ago. Rainier, yeah, Pulisic. Oh yeah, we have more talent than 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 we used to. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I I still think that there's a there's an issue of drawing players from Europe and drawing players from uh, I'm going to say North America now because we draw players from both right. uh, uh, MLS and Liga MX. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's some issues. Uh, one of the things is the U.S. leagues is is on a uh, spring, summer, fall yep. rotation, yep. and they don't do international breaks, yeah. and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, At some point, our leagues are going to have to start taking international breaks. Maybe mm -hmm. not the second division, but uh, certainly, uh, if we really want the talent to play in our best leagues, yep. one, get rid of the single single entity structure, right. two. Start doing international breaks because it will it will be better for the players. Right, and that's one of the things that uh, that Edwards was talking about is moving the schedule possibly to a a what what happens internationally the fall to uh, to fall to spring deal. And yeah, it'd be interesting because we do actually have real winter in some of yes, our, we do <laughs> absolutely. It's not like we have indoor arenas that we can play in. So right, um, that would have to be managed carefully. Yes, it would absolutely. Not. It, it, it has its drawbacks, but like I've been saying, first of all, you could be creative and work it out. You, a four week break, find the four coldest yeah. months in the north. Don't play those four weeks, and then the couple of weeks before and a couple of weeks afterwards, load up the load up the schedule. With games in in Phoenix, games in San Diego, games in Los Angeles, yeah, absolutely, you can work it out. There's there's an angle to this. You can, you know, for two months, and then on top of that, the, the last point I've always been making is, we just went through a pretty hot summer, and sitting around the 95 degree weather versus 25, give me 25. I I, I can wear a jacket. <laughs> Are you saying that you don't like playing a game at three o'clock in the afternoon in August <laughs> in Kentucky? Go figure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it is, what it it's is. just going to get hotter. Right. I mean, it's not like the earth is getting cooler these days. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and it's just, uh, it's, it's being creative and working this out. And then, um, you know, but the, the, the last part actually talked about with Joey a little bit 
is the fan reaction in these first two games. Um, people booing at the game. And if they're booing the players, that's I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a huge... They're, you know, they're going to become apathetic at some point. Right. Like me, I'm apathetic about the U.S. national team, and I have been for right. years. Um, the ticket prices at these games... Mm. You think fans are going to keep paying that no. for this crap? No. Now, they said it was pretty reasonable for the supporter section if you consider 55 60 bucks reasonable. Um, but that's a supporter section. If you're, if you're, you know, mom and dad with two kids who want to travel down from Chicago to come see them play in Nashville, you'd spend them $1,000. <laughs> was the Nashville game a sellout? Uh, I, I, don't, was. Was I it? don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. Um, but the, the, the financial angle on this is, well, that still comes back to the same thing with, you know, uh, the, the, look, I'm not going to begrudge an organization to try and make money for their investors. But at the same time, if you're talking what you're talking about and you're sacrificing local support and you're not really caring about that and you're looking at the bottom line too much, that don't help. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah. I just, it's very hard for me to support. You know, with these ticket prices, with the quality that we're seeing, you know, we got a young team. I get it, but you know, I don't know. I think I think we need to make some changes. Yeah, I don't know. And this Burholter thing, we're stuck with him. They're not going to get rid of him. I don't care if they lose. I don't care if they lose this week or Wednesday. If he's the, this guy, his brother is in the. <laughs> his brother is part of the group that that hired him. Um, and this yeah. is the United States. We, you know. They talk about incestuous nature of USSF. There it is right there. But like I said, a year to find him and, you know, they're not getting rid of him. So this isn't, you know, this isn't like a, like if, if the, I'll leave it with this, the, when the Trinidad and Tobago deal, if that was a country that really did this right, whoever the coach was of that team that lost to a team of the level of Trinidad and Tobago, they wouldn't have let him on the plane. Forget about the fact that he was still the coach three days later. And they were like, yeah, we're going to make a decision. (laughs) Are you nuts? I remember when Hodgson, Lost. I want to say when he didn't make it to the the World Cup the one year when he was coaching England, he went to the press conference and resigned because he knew it was coming. Meanwhile, Arena is sitting there saying, "Well, this and that's a freaking clown." (laughs) But anyway, that's it. So, who was who's been our best U.S. men's national team coach in recent in recent memory? I'd have to say Bradley Klinsman. Klinsman. Yeah, he did. He, you know, when you look at the results, I mean, they both. I want to say, Arena and Klinsman both got a team to the quarterfinal. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I know they did in two thousand two. Hey, they qualified for the World Cup. I mean, that's something, yeah, really, right? Really, Arena. This I mean, his second run. It's in oh jeopardy, right now, isn't yeah, it? It is. It is. Well, two games in again. Two games, two points. They're they're sitting tied for third with three other teams. So it's not like or four other teams. So it's you know it's not over. It's just a, it. It's the performance. It's the performance and the erratic nature of the team and the lack of confidence. It's just you know there's too much talent. You got guys playing for Barcelona, Juventus. I mean you know Chelsea. Are they playing for? They're not playing for the A teams. No, they're not even no, starting. No, 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 Pulisic no, no, no. Kristen Pulisic. All right. Does he start? For, well, he doesn't start, but he's you know he starts most of the matches for Chelsea. You know Sergio mm-hmm. Des has been playing a lot. Had played a lot for Barcelona. I mean, you know, you've got guys that are playing on top squads overseas. I don't know. You know, it, it just it doesn't make sense. And then, you know, I can understand, like I said with Joey, the I get trying to give El Salvador a little bit of a pass 
But their starting forward was from FC Tulsa. <laughs> I mean, come on. Says something about FC Tulsa, I guess doesn't so. it? Maybe it says that the, t- the quality is better. But I don't know, man. What else you want to add to this wonderful U.S. soccer conversation? <laughs> I, I just, I mean, p- people are going to, like me, people are going to vote with their feet and not pay enormous prices for tickets and not go to games and not watch them. That. And I'm not. I'm not. Until they get better. I don't blame you. I'm not going to do I mean, it. I, I, tried, I mean, I didn't, since Trinidad and Tobago, this is the first time. I've gotten excited again for it. And these two things have been a tremendous letdown. You were excited. Yeah. Are you still excited? No. I, I, how can I be yeah. after those first two games? It doesn't, now, now let's see yeah. what happens with Honduras. If they turn around and, 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 and deal, like throw a, throw a three, nothing result out there. I don't know. Okay. Now is it just enough to keep me hooked in? Yeah. And then we, and then the thing is, is that the next three matches after this, Jamaica, Costa Rica, and uh, you know, all three of them are winnable games against the three worst teams in the group. Cause Costa Rica's, not the Costa Rica of the past. Jamaica's been really rough. And Panama. Panama should be a walkover. Those, the, they have to get nine points in those games. They have to. I don't, you know, two of them are at home. They're, they're, putting their, they're putting themselves in a situation where they have yeah. to, which is not a situation they should be putting themselves no, in. We shouldn't lose. We shouldn't tie Canada. What? I know. What? I know. what? I know. Anyway, there's, fun, there's more fun times coming. <laughs> There is. Well, listen, man, I'm getting ready to roll on unless you got something you want to add to this conversation. No. All right, brother. I I appreciate you being a part of it again. And we'll uh, we'll do do this next week. Well, there's another episode of the Center Forward podcast in the books. I want to thank everyone that's been a part of it. Really appreciate everybody that's contributing. Also, to all of you that are listening, uh, any suggestions in the future for the show, please let us know and we will try and get it in for you. Uh, hopefully, uh, when we do this next week, we'll have a win or two. <laughs> Somebody's going to win a match, hopefully. But even if they don't, man, I mean, come on. Um, you know, I had a, I had a little bit of a rough weekend this weekend. I don't know why. Strange, man. Starting Friday night and going into you know last night, where you know I made a conscious decision to stay away from some of the silliness that goes on on social media. And for whatever reason, uh, jump back into it and maybe a little more negative than I need to be about things. And hopefully. Um, this was a good reminder why we don't need to do that because uh, life is short and precious. So come on, man. Um, speaking to myself, I guess, and hopefully this helps others stay out of that nastiness and stay out of that mess. And the people that decide to live in that world, let them live in it. Let them wallow in it, man. Life's too short. Anyway, (laughs) I'll tell you what, um, it really is an honor and a pleasure to, uh, have the opportunity to do this. And I'm looking forward to doing it some more. So on behalf of everybody that's been part of the show, my name is Joe Valla. This has been the Center Forward Podcast, and we'll see you soon.